Hello, everybody. It's Keith. Help support the Northeast scene and declare yourself a member today. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast medium of choice. Rate us and leave a review. Every little bit helps. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It has every podcast episode plus other exclusive content. Like and leave a comment. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TheNEScene. Also, continue to write us at NortheastScene at gmail.com. We want to share your experiences as well. And now, here's the show. On vinyl, for the very first time, through hype, uh, through hype, hypethro. <laughs> no, I, I would go hypethro. Put the emphasis on the first syllable. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Northeast Scene Podcast. This is Keith. And Tommy. And we're back with a jam-packed, exciting episode. Folks, I have been to Furnace Fest. I have experienced the wonder and the magic that is Furnace Fest. It was crazy. It was insane. It was a lot of fun. We're going to do a big recap for you in this episode. And also, we've got an exciting new interview with a gentleman from Mall Walker. Matt Bullock and Cole Stockton from Austin, Texas. They have another band, Easy Prey. Think uh, noisy post-hardcore in the vein of Dead Guy and other good bands like that. Excellent conversations. Excellent bands. But Tommy, I've returned from Furnace Fest, and I'm going to tell you about the fest. But first, I have to ask you, Tommy, how you are doing. I'm actually much better. I was really sick on the last episode, uh, but I got antibiotics, no more strep throat, no more fever. I actually went to work on Friday, so I, I've been good. I've been really good. Adjusting to life uh, after the funeral, but you know, the girls seem pretty at ease. They've been back in school all week. Kelly's kind of going through the stages of grief, and uh, that's about it. I mean, it's it's been kind of a, a, a slow-paced week. We're kind of getting back into the swing of things. But yeah, I just had a shitty work week. The kids have been really off, and it, that also kind of makes me off. Like I, I end up like raising my voice when I don't like doing that, and it's not not a way I want to run a classroom. But uh, you know, I think that's one of those things of just it's kind of growing pains of we've we've gotten rid of detention this year. So wait, what do you got? You got rid of detention. So what do you do now? Just I hold lunch detention, so they lose their lunch. Like so, they'll just go and get lunch from the cafeteria and eat in silence in my classroom, or come in and do tutoring. Or we call home if it's like something really, really bad. We call home, and Friday, uh, most Fridays are half days at our school, so the kids are out at one o'clock, and then we just say they're going to stay on Friday afternoon because I'm in the building till four thirty. So it's just like from one till three o'clock, you'll have detention on Friday. So the kids hate that. So it that that quells most of the behavior. Well, you know, I didn't even realize, we spoke to Dave Bushmeyer last week, and he reached, you know, he heard the episode, and he reached out, and he's like, oh, you know, I didn't realize there was a death in the family, to, and to give condolences to you and your wife, and then Hypethral Records reached out and said the same thing in a comment, and I was like, wow, like, yeah, I forgot that our lives are on this show. Because, <laughs> you know, we just do this thing every week, no matter what. It's like a mission for us to get together every week and get it done no matter what's going on. So it's just kind of what we do. 
And then when they came back and said that stuff, I was like, oh, that's so nice. And then I was like, oh, right. Our lives are on the show, too. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. And it, I, to Dave and to Hypethrill Records, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Your well wishes and condolences. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of shocking when <laughs> when somebody says something you're like, oh, fuck, I talked about that. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> like you said, like our entire lives, not our entire lives, but a good chunk of our personal lives are kind of on here. And uh I, right. I, I forget that sometimes, and it's like, oh, that's right. Yeah. Like, I was with Vadim at Furnace Fest the whole time, and I would go to say things, and he'd be like, yeah, I know. And I'm like, oh, right, he listens to the show <laughs> every week. So I'm like, oh, I don't even have to say anything to you. Great. But uh, listen, Furnace Fest, yeah. I am so glad I went, because it was one of the best weekends of my life. Now, I got down there. Getting down there was stressful, because I had to take a connecting flight. Tommy, I get very stressed out on flights because I'm away from my normal food and drinks and the airport has shit to eat. So I usually just don't eat until I land wherever I'm at. You know, I'll have a couple of cliff bars and a seltzer. So I'm on edge. I usually fly really early. So I haven't had any coffee yet. I'm just on edge. I'm on edge. I have headphones on. I don't want anyone to bother me. So I get on my plane and this guy comes barreling in sitting right next to me. And I, you know you can just sense someone's going to be a problem. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, so this guy barrels in and sits down next to me. He starts talking to me. He's like, did you find it okay? Are you sitting down? And I can only half hear him because I had headphones in. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Bro, I thought he was on... You ever Have you ever been around someone on ecstasy? Yeah, yeah. It's just like that gushing, like, ugh, conversation. <laughs> You want me to tell you about my sibling's funeral? Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. I thought this guy was on ecstasy because Ugh. he's like, he's, he just segued right into Jesus talk. Like he was trying to convert me, oh, like no. a, uh, as if he was a character from a movie or something. Oh, no. And I, I, w- I just couldn't, I was not feeling good. I just wanted to be left alone on the flight. So I was like, please don't talk to me. And he was like, what? 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 Jesus. And I was like, Please just turn that way and don't talk to me. <laughs> oh, my God. And then he just kept apologizing over and over and over. But I just kept looking to the left to, like, try to get away from him. And you can't because you're so close sitting together on a plane. I, I, yeah, there's no escape. And then we landed, and he's like, I'm sorry, brother. I didn't mean to do And I was like, it's all right. It's cool. And then he's like, oh, I'm just glad you didn't freak out on me. And I was like, no, nah, man, I'm not going to do that. But then he just kept saying, like, Jesus loves you. Jesus is here with you. He loves you. Okay. He and I, I just kept staring straight ahead, and you should have seen my hands. They were like beat red, like ringing together. Like, when can I get out of here? When can I? <laughs> so then I get up, and I'm waiting for him to just keep walking and get really far ahead of me. I'm like holding up people on the jet bridge, waiting <laughs> for him to get further away. And then he gets away, and I, I just made my connecting flight because there was delays. There was the shuttle bus. All right, so, so I got there. I got there. Everything was cool. Uh, I had some food, and I there was a Hope's Fall pre-show Thursday night at Club Saturn in Birmingham. I saw Hope's Fall play a nice gig. I got to say hello to Josh Brigham in person. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that was nice. I haven't seen him since 2002. Weird, man. A whole lifetime has gone by. So yeah, excellent warm-up gig for Hope's Fall. Friday, we get, uh, we get to the fest early. And bro, you re- do you remember the texts I was sending you Friday? Oh yeah. I was like <laughs> I wasn't used to so much 
you're like it's like being camping like i'm fucking outside all day <laughs> like this yeah. is not, not cool <laughs> we we got there at like 12 we're roasting in the sun i'm watching bands there's thousands and thousands of people there bro i had to wait the fest has to fix this next year somehow i waited an hour and a half in line to get food oh and God. then it took another hour to get the food I missed like four bands I wanted to see because of this disaster of waiting for food. But I was like, I have no choice. I have to eat. Yeah. Like, I have to eat. So it it wasn't like that the other days, but whatever was going on Friday, it was crazy waiting in line at those food trucks for food. But I saw, who did I see the first day? End? Oh, dude, they're fucking brutal. I like them a lot. Yeah, they were really good. Cave-in, always good. Converge, fantastic. Glassjaw. I only saw Glassjaw once. They were touring off of Worship and Tribute. It was a show with Coheed and Cambria at the TLA. I got really drunk. I got in the mosh pit for Glassjaw, and within half a song, I was sick and throwing up, and I, I spent the rest of the show outside sitting on the sidewalk. Ugh. A typical me occurrence. I was going to say, it's, a, it's either you threw up while you're there, or... You got a phone call and had to see a guy about a thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So this was before I got heavy into the drug use. But it was cool to see Glassjaw. They looked good. They sounded good. The place was packed. It was awesome. Converge, always good. Just always good to see. And, yo, thank goodness Vadim got me a the artist pass. Yeah. Yeah, because then, like, I could be a stage potato. I could go in through the secret <laughs> exits and or the secret entrances and stand right on the side of the stage for the bands. It was awesome. I always wanted to, you've heard me complain about this on the show, I've always wanted to be right on the stage for a band. Yeah. And I was for several bands, but you know what, Tommy, I'm so neurotic and so self-conscious that it, it, I shouldn't be up there. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll get to day two, but Anthony, I saw Anthony, I talked to Anthony Green, and he played, and I was like right on stage while they were playing, mm-hmm. but he had the mic sideways, so I was directly in his line of sight. And I got really self-conscious. I'm like, oh, I'm going to annoy him. I'm going to get in the way. I'm going to distract him. <laughs> so, I was, so I was like ducking behind a guitar case or something. And then I just, I couldn't stand anymore. So I was just sitting. So I, I was kind of out of the way. But I, you know, it, being on stage is too much pressure. And I couldn't stand because have you ever tried to stand for basically three days in a row, Tommy? It's impossible. Oh, I know. No, after a while, I mean, your your back starts to hurt, your shoulders hurt, your legs hurt, your feet are killing you. It's just, yeah, it's not fun. Back to this real quick. Who coined that term, stage potato? Was that Pat McCormick? No, I, I heard it from Pat Shannon from All Else Failed. He was the first person I heard it from, but I absolutely love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was Friday. That was Friday. So then Saturday... Saturday was the best day. Now, Tommy, you I was so overwhelmed Friday and tired because I was out all day. I, I waited too long to eat. And you got all my melodramatic texts like, I don't think I can do this anymore. This is probably the last time I'm ever going to do this. There's too many people. It's too hot. I, I just want to go home, you know. But then Saturday, we went much later. We ate at this excellent vegan spot. Can't remember the name, but I had a vegan cheesesteak and fries that were freaking excellent. So I went full of food and drink and ready to go. And Saturday was a fucking banger day, dude. Just amazing band after amazing band. Shy Halud, I ran into Matt Fox, got to talk to him for a minute. Uh, Jeremy Enyuk from Sunny Day Real Estate. Oh, Yo, nice. 
I didn't even realize that this would happen, but I had tears in my eyes during several songs. Like, he played guitar in video games. Yeah. Acoustic, just him. And you know how much more emotional music is when it's just one person playing one instrument. Yeah. Like, he started those chords, those first chords for guitar and video games. I'm thinking about it right now, and I'm, like, welling up. And I was like, oh. And he played Heaven, the Fire Theft song. Oh, Oh, my God, dude. Like, that was probably my favorite set of the weekend. I have to look. There's a lot of people that posted videos on Instagram. Yeah. So I'll have to go back and look at it. I I honestly, I'm embarrassed to say this. No, I'm not. I don't care. (laughs) I didn't know who Jeremy Inyuk was. (laughs) What? Yeah, I didn't know who that was. I was like, oh, really cool acoustic stuff. Cool. I didn't. You didn't realize it was the front man of Sunday Day Real Estate? No. That's such a Tommy thing. I love it. I don't, yeah, I, I actually, like, I know, like, certain people in music, but that that was just not one of those ones where, like, I don't know their names. Like, if so, the guy from Promise Ring could walk up to me and shake my hand, I'd be like, hey, what's up, guy? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't, I don't recognize people unless someone tells me, because I'm with Vadim the whole time, and he's like, oh, this person's in so-and-so, and this person's in so-and-so. Uh, I was like, holy okay, shit. All right, all right yeah. yeah. Yeah, so well, if you have, like, a cheat sheet, or you have, like, a, you know, kind of, like, uh you know someone to guide you through who the who the who's who of uh who's there is kind of like that that's helpful uh, yeah i would just be like i don't know it, it, it's a guy with a beard i don't fucking know <laughs> it's some guy <laughs> but jeremy enyuk is jeremy enyuk i mean or am i saying it wrong enyuk 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 be well tommy be well yeah great band great set uh piebald dude yeah dude i haven't seen piebald since 1999 or something Oh my god. They were freaking awesome too. Uh the casket lottery. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've been talking to Stacy. This is funny. Stacy, the bass player for Casket Lottery. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, come say hi. And I was like, sure. And they played and I picked a bad time to go say hi. <laughs> oh no. It, like it was right when they finished playing. And I waited for him to like putting everything away. And you know, another band started playing. So I went up to him during the band, but he couldn't hear anything. So I was like, hey, man, it's Keith. And he's like, what? And I was like, hey, it's Keith. And he just kind of shook my hand and then turned away. (laughs) And I was like, oh, he doesn't know who I am. So I just texted him later. I was like, yo, that was me who said hi to you during that one band. He's like, oh, I couldn't hear anything. And I was like, yep. (laughs) <laughs> he's he's like the yeah, so he's the bass player he's the guy that yeah you kind of can't miss him he's a really tall guy yes yes much taller than me even anthony green i saw him perform tommy i've never seen anthony play himself <laughs> oh wait no I was, that's like, not- why, I was like why aren't you saying anything I, I yeah i've never seen anthony do a solo show i've only seen circa i've seen circa like circa unplugged like that kind of thing Anthony performed a solo set with Keith Goodwin and Timmy Arnold, who is just, I don't know, he's just like the best drummer. The guy is. is crazy. Yeah. It, like they were, it was an incredibly good set. My favorite solo set of Anthony's I've ever seen. I got to talk to him for a couple minutes. So that was cool. Always good to see him. Very good stuff. Further seems forever, Tommy. Now, okay. I, I caught Thursday. I, I watched Cave In, and then there was like, there was just too many bands to see, you know, like there would be three bands playing at once and I would run from stage to stage to try to see some of all of them at some point. Gotcha. And my brain couldn't handle it. It was overload. I'm like, this many good bands should not be playing at once. 
Like I felt my head literally spinning. <laughs> how, how how far away are the stages? The pond stage and the shed stage are pretty close together, but then there's this third stage that's pretty far away. And uh, wait, there's more day one bands I forgot. Defeater. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, I saw them for the first time. Good band. I really got to check out that record. Norman Brannon from Texas is the Reason was filling in on guitar for Thursday. They covered If It's Here When We Get Back, It's Ours, the Texas is the Reason song. Yeah. That's the first one from the three-song EP, Tommy, because oh, yeah, I know yeah, you yeah. don't know what I'm talking about right now. I, I know Texas is the Reason songs when I hear them. I just don't know the names of them. I know Jack Jack with one eye. I know that song. I can recognize okay. <laughs> I know that one. Well, that's good. <laughs> uh, so that was day one, Defeater, Thursday, Cave and Converge, Glassjaw, all that stuff. I'm jumping all over the place. Day two was Hope's Fall. Nice. Yo, they, they, the place was packed. They're just always, always good to see. Great live set. And they're tight, right? They're really oh, yeah. tight, yeah. Yeah, they had a guy filling in on guitar because Ryan couldn't make it. I think of the, he's plays in Between the Buried and Me, and oh. he they were they were spot on. That's spot awesome. Shy Halud, excellent. Tommy, Living Sacrifice. Now, oh, shit. Besides Jeremy Enyuk and the Get Up Kids, I was most excited to see Living Sacrifice because I wanted to see the song Bloodwork performed live yes. so bad. And oh my God. It was fucking crushing. I was going to say, imagine watching that whole set and they don't play it. <laughs> that's, that's all I could think of. Is like you're like I can't. I wanted to see blood. I wanted to see blood work, and you're like, and they didn't play it. Like, fuck. Yeah. That well, they did, and it was great. And it's funny, like there were train tracks in the back, and there would be trains going by. Mm-hmm. So they there's like this triple breakdown in the song. And at the end of one of the breakdowns, a train come by, comes by, and you just hear the whistle blow, and then they go right into the next part. It was like awesome. perfectly timed. It was so funny. Who else? Jeremy Enyuk I talked about. Mineral, Tommy. Mineral. I don't know Mineral that well. Oh, my God. Why am I even doing... I got to find a new host. <laughs> like, know. everything I'm talking about, you're like, I don't know it. I haven't seen it. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that I is. I thought we connected on Min- music. I know Mineral. I know Min- I know who they are. I just, that one is, that's not one of the ones that I ever got really deep into. Like, I know, like, a couple songs, but I never, like, eh. Listen, we're, we're going to sit down, and I'm going to teach you about music, okay? Well, look... There's a band there that played that I never, I, I love. I don't know if you've ever really listened to them. Appleseed Cast. I fucking know like all their songs. I like, I have like five of their albums. I listen to them all the time. Yeah. You know what, Tommy, you're right. I've never heard Appleseed Cast. They're so good. They're a really good band. If you start with any, start with the low level Al. That, that's the best album. But uh, Two Conversations, End of the Ring Wars. They're fucking really, really great band. So yeah, Mineral, I stood right on stage for Mineral. That was fucking incredible. I They're just so good live. I always really like seeing them. They're awesome. Glassjaw I talked about, very good set. And then Tommy, I caught the end of Further Seems Forever. So I got to see The Moon Is Down, which is their best song, in oh, my yeah. opinion. And Tommy, guess what the members of Further Seems Forever, guess what band they used to be? Strong Arm. Oh, really? So guess what they did? So they did a strong iron cover. Yes. <laughs> the advent of a miracle. Oh shit. And the singer for Beloved jumped in and helped out with vocals. It was amazing. Oh, that's awesome. So in essence, I got to see Strong Arm. That's really cool. I didn't know I had no idea that that was Strong Arm. 
Neither or at least mem- members of, yeah. Neither did I. Vadim knows everything. He filled me in. He's like, uh, he's like, yeah, where it is, they're going to do a strong arm cover. And I'm like, they're strong arm? Holy shit. Yeah, I was going to say, Vadim is like the encyclopedia of hardcore. Yeah, he really is. He, he really, really is. And he knows all the lineage, who came from where, which bands, you know, moved to this place, recorded this place, who they recorded with, production, all that stuff. And I, I'm just like, well, okay. So we're out of time for segment one, but folks, there will be more Furnace Fest recap for you in the last segment, so tune back in. But right now, we are going to talk to Mall Walker. Enjoy. All right, folks, we're here now with Matt Bolick and Cole Stockton of Mall Walker. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hey, man, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Absolutely. It's great to have you here. You know... Maul Walker had a song on your debut EP called The Feel Nothing Hit of the Summer. (laughs) And while you do have that song, I have to say, that self-titled debut EP was the feel-good hit of the summer for Tommy and I. We love the EP. (laughs) That's awesome. That thing carried us through the later months of the summer. It's it's absolutely wonderful. And, you know, we're going to get to all that. We're going to get to some music stuff. But let's get to know you guys first a little bit. And... Let's start with Matt, because I've got your name first on the list. Tell us about where you grew up. I don't know how familiar you guys are with Texas at all, but Fort Worth, west of Fort Worth, uh, there's a little town called Weatherford. And uh, <coughs> yeah, I kind of grew up in that area. Like I moved there in sixth grade and, you know, I was like the kid in like Jinkos and uh, and like uh, probably like a, like a no effects shirt with like different shoes so, on so you like, looked you looked fucking this awesome. is pretty much yeah. the same as yeah. i am yeah. now yeah. honestly <laughs> uh like you know two different shoes <clears throat> maybe two different socks used to say yeah that's just that was that was kind of where i grew up so it was mo- mostly just like uh we were the cutting horse capital of the world if that what does pro- that mean it's like it's a it's a rodeo thing i think where you've got like a horse and then you like cut a head of cattle out of like the group and then you rope it and then you like tie it and then you like wear like really tight wranglers and then you do it in the dirt. That's kind of what I've got. I, I am. I'm super relieved. It does not involve cutting horses. Zero percent cutting horses. Okay. No, no horses were uh, sliced. Yeah, uh, that's, but you know, that's, that's what I thought was going on. Yeah, so yeah. I, got I hear you. I, I hear nervous. you. But yeah, so we, that was like our claim to fame in that town. So like, if that gives you any perspective on like me listening to like punk rock and like growing up, that's that I, it was a different, I was a bit different. <laughs> <laughs> was there a thriving punk rock scene there or was it the type of deal where you and only two other kids were the ones listening to punk rock? You know, it wasn't a rich punk rock scene, guys. Uh, you know, not not really. Um I think I remember yeah, I mean I, you know, I remember meeting some kids that lived just outside of town that I did not go to school with and I'm not 100% on how I even met them and that's kind of, we kind of like put together like a punk band. But like yeah, I mean I, I my earliest memory was just meeting kids that liked green day i think yeah that was a uh for our generation you know say what you will about green day but i think dookie was a rite of passage for a lot of people around our age that was the first cd that i got and that was kind of my first foray into the world of punk rock yeah i would agree i mean like i remember we covered like uh was it Ten Thousand light years away and and like doing that i felt like I was essentially the coolest kid within like <laughs> 500 miles of myself, you know, like I feel like we'd really like figured it out. Um, and then we, you know, of course, like 
it covered a, a hornsless version of like beer by real big fish at some point. So we failed there, but we were doing, we were doing, like, we all did that. Yeah. We were doing point, well yeah. for a bit there for sure. And then like a lot of like, you know, Cheshire cat era blink One Eighty Two. I feel like was like my first go at it. Nice. So Cole, how about you? Give us a little bit about your background. So, you know, we're, we're both from Texas. I'm from Dallas and like, it's so shitty. And like, I, this comes up when I talk to people from Dallas and I'm like, Oh, we're in Dallas. And they say a suburb and I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I'm from regular Dallas. <laughs> it makes, like, I, I'm, so, I'm like such an asshole, but I'm from regular old Dallas. And um, I hated Dallas. I hate Dallas. Yeah. Uh, Dallas is, is, a, is a pretty conservative area. So it's like the op, the anti Austin, I think. I think it's come around in its years. But, yeah. But yeah, growing up, we, you know, like I'm, I'm from Tarrant County and that that's like the Fort Worth area. That was the reddest County in the country for a long, long time. Right. So, um, yeah. And you know, there, you know, there, there were, Dallas is a big place. So there, it's big enough to have, you know, music, but, um, I, you know, I certainly didn't have a ton to do with any of that, especially when I was little, and yeah, same samesies. Uh, I went to the record store and got Dookie and I don't know, uh, Outcome the Wolves, maybe. Cool. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, it, it, exposure to punk or exposure to any subculture is only what you have access to at the time. So you know, you you, you buy those Green Day records, and you're like, oh, this is fucking punk, so punk, <laughs> oh, this is crazy. And then you're like, oh, well, it's a good entry point, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, Tommy and I went to private schools and this is when, you know, if you listen to music, you were a freak or if you were in a band, you were a freak. It wasn't cool. So in our respective schools, there was only maybe two, three kids in the whole school into punk rock that we knew of. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I was going to there was a band at my school that was like um, like a heavy band, like they were like big into like Slayer and Metallica and stuff like that. Um, but they looked the part of like, you know pastel ties and khaki pants and like you know they they wore the uniform that everybody else did so kind of had to sniff those people out <laughs> like you, you kind of had to be like oh they got a patch on their backpack what is that no effects okay for sure yeah. i remember i was i must have been like 12 or 13 and i went to a uh, a party f- uh, you know from another like a, one of like the nicer private schools and uh, a band played and they were all our age which I was like, this, this is amazing. Like, wow, what a, what, what a cool group of dudes. And they played Nirvana covers. But I only realized that later, I thought they were definitely Nirvana. <laughs> 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 I mean, I had, I had fucking no idea what that was. Yeah, you're um, like, this is, this, this is like, the coolest. Wow, this I'm is a- actually kind of good. Like, should we talk to them? Like- <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, you know, like, it, I think that's like, I, I, I had gotten a drum kit. I I am I do not play the drums. That's true. I I I had gotten a drum kit like a week before that, and I went home and I was like, "Mom, give me a guitar. I hate the drums." I should have done the same. <laughs> <laughs> Can't like serenade a lady in school to drums. <laughs> no, drums are tough. But the great thing about drums is that if you're good, you're guaranteed to be in a band forever mm-hmm. or multiple bands. Yep. <laughs> yes, definitely multiple oh. bands. Yeah, for sure. Matt, for Matt sure. gets to be in multiple bands with me. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what we do. That's how we've always done it. That's a beautiful thing. So, guys, give me a rundown on Texas cities, because I've, I've been to them plenty of times, but I don't understand the lay of the land, really. Now, I, Austin, of course, is the more artistic, 
free-thinking city. I think I've gathered that much. But what about like Houston versus Dallas? I would say like Houston culturally, I think both cities culturally are are way more rich than what we have here in Austin. Yeah. You know, they like diversity, like Austin is a very white city, like very, and there's like not like, there's not a lot of museum situations happening. There's just the, the art scene is more indie and like kind right. of, and Houston has a pretty incredible yes. music scene and, and music scene and art scene and art scene. And yeah. like, um, some really <clears throat> notable museums, same with Fort Worth and mm-hmm. Dallas, honestly. Yeah. And so I don't know. I think Houston is like, I don't, I've only been at like spent like a little amount of time in Houston. Yeah. But like, you know, we've done some shows. And, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that it, that's the shitty part yeah. about, you, you play in a city that's cool and you're like, I should, I'll come back. Right. I'll, I'm going to come back here next week. And you don't. And you don't. And it's like three hours away and you don't. But like, you know, growing up in Texas, like driving anywhere in Texas is like, I think for you guys driving to like, I think you could probably hit like 37 states from what I can. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, uh, like we, like it takes us, it takes me like eight hours to get out of Texas. Yeah. If you drive West, you're in Texas for like eight to 10 hours. So, Jesus. so trying to like, trying to get to Houston, like as a kid, man, shit, dude, like when, as a kid, you know, not to get off tangent from like Houston and Dallas, but like we, you know, in Weatherford, if I was going to go to a show and I was going to Dallas, I was driving an hour and a half with like a packed car full of like homies and we'd go, we'd make a day of it. We'd like throw the BMX bike on the back, bring the skate kids. Cause I'm the only guy with the bike. And then we'd go ride all day and then go to like a show. And then I don't know, we definitely, we shouldn't have been probably driving all that way back, you know? Like, so it was, it was definitely an ordeal to like go th- do anything that was wonderful. Yeah. Like uh, doing anything in Texas yeah. is a choice. And then for Houston, I've only recently been, like, you know, gotten to kind of understand Houston. And I, I think it's a really incredible city. And like, f- I, I work in food and beverage and like food and Bev and, and, in Houston is wonderful. And like Dallas just recently, I think what, two years ago was named like food city of the year from Bon Appetit. So for those reasons, I love it. Uh, and then Austin, we're just kind of like hanging out. Like, I don't know, turning into Los Angeles, like little by little. I We've guess. gotten really complacent in Austin. Yeah. And I think a lot of social programs have suffered, you know, like, it's easy to say that Austin is like the liberal city in Texas. And while that may be true, it's not, it's not a very liberal city. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, we, we keep passing you know, anti-homeless measures and I just see, you know, it, that's what, and we're passing it. So that's what a lot of people here want, but it's really disappointing because everyone assumes that Austin is this liberal hub and it really isn't. Yeah. I mean, it, it like, it, it like is on a, like a, I don't know that we have a lot of the population that is for sure, but you know, given the state government, it is not like, we're yeah, not, right. we're not able to do much with what we have. So we have a state that's constantly leaning more left and a government that is just gripping and yeah. like really making it difficult for its population to be <clears throat> stoked. So that's kind of what, what we're dealing with right now. Now, listening to both of your bands, Mall Walker and Easy Prey, I absolutely love these bands. Like the, it, it's almost as if they were the records were written specifically for me. It's like dead on exactly <laughs> what awesome. I like. So I want to f- I want to figure out where you guys are at musically, what you're into, what's your thing. Let's start with you, Matt. So, like, I feel like early on I was like 
pretty stoked on just the fastest punk rock you could be into, you know, like that fat records, like if it's not just ripping, like I'm just going to skip it. And I remember, I remember buying outcome the wolves and being like, these are slow songs, (laughs) you know, like, you know, of course, like I've got into the clash and like, understand, I I know, but like when I was young, I was like, these, this isn't what I thought I was getting into. I'd listen to like, you know, let's go. And those are faster songs. And I was like, punk is fast. That's what I'm into. And I just remember we played like, some dance like we were a cover band we did a bunch of covers of green day shit we played a dance at our middle school and this dude uh, casey clifton was driving us home or his brother clay one or the other and they were driving us home and he was like do you ever uh you ever listen to emo i was like man i don't know that band i like i don't never heard of it <laughs> and he was like it's a genre and i was like not super sure what that is <laughs> you know what i mean and i was like and then he put on a uh, four minute mile and that to me was like kind of a sort of a turning point for me. It was like four minute mile and I feel like early hot water music. And I, and that all came to me from that moment. And also just a lot of like BMX culture. Cause I just grew up watching BMX videos, being in that scene, reading all the magazines, like listening, to, like the magazines would have reviews of these records, like the, you know, the, the first grade record and like uh, you know, the first like, Alkaline Trio record, like, you know, these things I would read and I'd just listen to them and I'd download them and just, you know, try and absorb all of it. So I feel like that's kind of where I come from in that respect. It's just like really getting stoked on the, the music that, that really like made me want to ride my bike. And then from there, you know, it just was, it was like everything had changed. I went from being just stoked on punk rock and being in a punk band to showing the dudes in the band I was in like, Hey, have you ever heard this? And they were like, <laughs> get out of here anyway we're gonna do a misfits cover tonight because we you know it's like and i like what i love but it just it kind of pushed it for me and uh i think that was sort of the beginning of like getting into like hot water music i think was like the biggest influence for me growing up it was just you know fuel for the hate game and and forever and counting and uh all that stuff it's so a, a big drum influence for, for you. sure george yeah. rebello like his style is just like I don't know, really great. Couldn't speak highly enough, you know? Nice. So how about you, Cole? I mean, you know, like most kids in 95 and 96, I I mean, I sat there and learned to play guitar by listening to like Evil Empire and maybe the first Rage Against the Machine record. Like I've always really enjoyed uh, aggressive music and I got into, you know, uh, punk or maybe like pop punk after that. Pantera. So hold on. <laughs> I think I just think I just think we have to address it. Yeah, what's in okay, the Okay, look, it's a it's it's not a big deal. I'm from Dallas, okay? Pantera's from Dallas. <laughs> they like they issue it in the fucking mail. Yeah. <laughs> We've uh, we have the Pantera conversation a lot. But you know, I mean that that definitely um uh, there's I mean there's a ton of easy prayer riffs that I think are heavily influenced by like there's a few Pantera songs that I just won't stop listening to ever. Yeah. But you know, I got into pop punk and I was in a, like a, you know, like everyone else was in 98, 99, like a Blink-182 cover band. And I'm sure we called it a tribute band, but it wasn't, <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, and, uh, and then I, uh, I heard um, something you're at home about and the get up kids kind of changed the way I listened to music um, because I only wanted to play enough guitar to be in a band. I wanted to be able to just be fine. I wasn't interested in playing anything better. I never cared, 
But, you know, the Get Up Kids were the first band that were like, you know, writing songs that were on par with maybe just a different genre of music. And, you know, then came me getting super into the Promise Ring and all of those, you know, that era, emo, a lot of it, like, you know, uh, fucking through being cool was literally changing my brain. Yeah. But, you know, slowly as everyone else in that genre did, especially dudes who weren't 30 in 99, you get into hardcore because that's somehow the direction. I'm not sure how that works. Um, I feel like a lot of people go the other way, but I might be wrong. I think you're probably right, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I started with the heaviest, craziest metalcore and then segued right into emo, all the classic stuff, Promise Ring, Texas is the Reason, Get Up Kids, all that. Yeah. You know, going back to me loving Rage Against the Machine when I was little, like, riffs are rad. I love riffs. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to like riffs. Um, And I think that's what, like, the two things I like are heavy stuff and emo. And I think both those genres have pretty sick riffs. Um, oh, yeah. And then, like, the you know, the, the third, ninth, 800th emo wave, whatever we're calling it. You know, we start, <laughs> and, like, you know, bands like Glockamora came out. And you're just like, oh, well, this is it. Um, I didn't expect, you know, perfect records to still come out in this in the genre that it seemed to be sort of done. And a lot of that is the influence for why. Maddie and I have been trying to start an emo band for a long time and didn't, but now we're in an emo band. True. It's like, you know, what do you, what else are you going to do? At what like else are you going to do? 36, 38. <laughs> yeah, it's time, really. Yeah, you guys have the exact situation going on that I want right now. Late 30s, emo band, and a really awesome heavy band. That's what I want. I want both. I want it all. Come on down. Yeah, dude. You're in. You're, you're, hired. you're in the band. You're um, both hired. Mm-hmm. You're both All hired. Right, Tommy, I'm moving to Austin, and uh, it will not affect the podcast because we do it <laughs> remotely anyway. You guys are pros. <laughs> so, I, hey, I was going to ask you guys, where, where are you guys located? I am in Brooklyn, New York. Cool. And Tommy is just outside Philadelphia in Feasterville, Pennsylvania. Awesome. Yeah, but we originate from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and that is, uh, yeah, it's just outside of Philly. So cool. that's where we grew up, and there was a very rich scene there. Many, many awesome bands came from there, and that's what inspired us to start the podcast. That's awesome. And now we're worldwide, baby. We're talking <laughs> to bands everywhere. Tommy, are you still here? No, no, no. I, when you said I, I lived in Feaster, I thought I was going to say that. So I was like, oh, he's saying it. Never mind. I'm sorry. I, I stole the show from you. <laughs> no, it's okay. I Tommy's just, been I, texting us. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> he's no, like, this guy never shuts up. I was gonna, you know what I was going to say, though? And this is I, I came to this conclusion last time we talked about Pantera. And this is my this is my not my final thoughts on it, but Pantera, the execution is perfect pantera the idea is terrible Agreed. <laughs> yep a hundred i mean isn't that the case with so many things like where like the fan base ruins the thing you like precisely yeah that's it that's dead on because it's like everything i love i loved when i first heard like domination or primal concrete sledge like i i went this is what i've always wanted out of music this is amazing and then I met people that were in the Pantera, and I was like, "Never mind." Nope. You're like, "This is what I want out of people." <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. I, I I get really upset with, especially because people that have been into them for a long time, like myself, like I, I feel ostracized. Like if, if they ever had something where they were able to somehow come together, I would never go see them. 
I like, I mean, I, I know that's an impossibility, but like, I would never ever go to that show because it would just be me butting heads with every single person I walked into. Yeah, it would for sure. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not great at keeping my mouth shut either. <laughs> no. <laughs> so yeah. Could get, could get rough. Could get rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you guys, uh, Matt and Cole, how did you guys meet? How did you start playing together? Okay. Hold up. Cause I gotta, t- I gotta, yeah. So, uh, when, when, when was the fucking, a club optimo thing. Well, I feel like I'm about to hear a story. I don't remember. Oh, uh, <laughs> I want to say like 2002, maybe. Okay. Oh, club optimo. Oh, next yeah. to the strip clubs. Oh, in yeah. Arlington? Uh-huh. yeah. Um, so uh, the band I was in was playing this for fucking no reason, some battle of bands, which is trash. And the, the, the thing that they sent out said like, no, yeah. hang on, hang on, hang on. The band you were in, what was that called? Uh, every double life, every double life. And what was that named after? Uh, New Amsterdam song. New Amsterdam song. Mm-hmm. Cool. But we, but we Important. did the thing where we sing poorly and then we scream. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a Moog involved. Yeah. We had a Moog player. Yeah, yeah. Cause we wanted to be all the bands we liked at the same time, <laughs> which is not always good. Um, so that band was playing this battle of bands and the thing they sent out said, make sure you get there, you know, at the beginning of the day. So there's all these like fucking, uh, band little groups, little, you know, and no one's really mingling. Um, and the band I was in all found sofas and went to sleep. And so I, I didn't. So I started walking around and I hear glass breaking. And so I walk around the back of the club and then these two giant men who have broken 40 ounce bottles and they're trying to stab each other. <laughs> and then there's this little bleach haired kid in a snap case shirt standing next to him. And so obviously I'm like, well, he'll, he'll tell me what's up. So I was like, uh, what's happening? He's like, it's fine. Uh, one's in my band. One's not. They're drunk. Um, and I was like, cool. Do you want to walk away from this? And he's like, yeah. So, um, so that was Matt. And um, we've been buds ever since. Yeah. It's a, that's mm-hmm. totally a true story. Yeah. And then his band played their set and it was incredible because the first, no. Yeah. So, so there it's like, what, what was the, what was the band called? Plan nine. Okay. <laughs> did, you, did, did you guys play with like a dead Kennedys version at some point? Uh, well, that, I mean, de- like the plan nine thing was like a misfits thing. Oh, okay. Like that's so whatever. So it's plan nine's turn to play for 25 minutes. <laughs> and and he, the singer walks out on stage and goes, listen up motherfuckers. This is not a fucking popularity contest. Which it absolutely was. It absolutely was. was. (laughs) Yeah, it's a battle of the bands. (laughs) It is exactly the thing he said it's not. Uh, It was great. I don't remember anything else. That was just, I was like, this is me and him. We'll we'll be in bands for 19,000 years. And like, I'm in this band with these dudes that are like older than me. And I'm like 15. And I'm like, all right, so I've been doing this kind of like fast like kind of gutter punk thing with these guys. Cause that's what they play. And this dude is in this other band. That's like essentially doing the exact thing that I listen to every day. Right. Aside from like, cause at that point I got really stoked on hardcore and like the Snapcase stuff and all that. I was just really pumped on a bit more aggressive music in that, that direction. And uh, I was like, how the fuck do I get in a band like that? Like where the, where, like, it, I just felt like I had seen like something I didn't know was possible in my like life, like in my, my, you know, extended you community. Dumb, yeah. Dumb children. Yeah. Like hardcore. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, are you guys doing like emo, but like yelly, but like Jordan doing screaming, uh, screaming over the Moog and like freaking out and his glasses are flying off and the show's great. And so immediately I was like, well, I got, you know, 
I got to know all of these humans. And now I'm, <laughs> now I'm friends with all of those uh -huh. people. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, Matt, the, that band split and uh, some of those dudes went to join, to start another band and Matt played with them. And then me and the remainders of that band played together. And so the, the two of us had, I think it's uh, really important, especially for people to grow, to have a rival. I don't mean it in a negative way at all, but like you go see, uh, you know, your friend's band and you're like, fuck, that song's fucking great. We got to beat it. And I think it's, you know, it's all very friendly, friendly competition. Um, but you know, the, the guitar player in this band, um, uh, Peter, uh, one of Peter Lewis, one of the best guitar players I've ever seen play, you know, that, that didn't really end up giving a shit about doing it. Um, you know, he, he's, a, he's like a mathematician now. Yeah. He's but insanely, in, he's doing much better than, yeah, for sure. but you know, um, it just, we, you know, I've, 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 I say this a lot. I've always been so lucky to grow up around people who are better than me uh, as a musician totally. because I have to try and it, it's so helpful to be around, you know, it, it, it's never a good thing if you're the smartest dude in the room. Mm -hmm. um, right. That's always how I learned is playing yeah. with people a lot better than me. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, years later, um, I moved to Austin, Matt moved to Austin, what, what, almost the same time. Yeah, it's like maybe a little before me. It's like 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, and um, fast forward a few years, I played in some stuff, played in some bands and Matt had joined a power pop band in Austin. And they're, they're still around. Um, and uh, I really kind of started, I guess you started that. It was just Danny and I, we yeah. started it. It's called Gentleman Rogues. And yeah. Um, and it, I had finished playing in whatever band that I was in at the time. And uh, they asked if, if I owned a bass and I lied and said, sure. And so I, I, I played bass and with them for a few years. Mm -hmm. um, and then pretty much right after that, uh, Matt and I decided we wanted to write our own stuff. Yeah. So we, we like quit at the writing. same time yeah. and, and then started writing like uh, what easy prey is now basically. Yeah. I like that. And I like when people fake it till they make it, so to speak, like you just lied and said that you had a bass. I've had people tell me that, you know, they could lie. They lied and said they could play guitar or sing or whatever else. I was always honest to a fault. I remember going to a band tryout and you know i i barely knew how to play any of the songs and I, I told them i'm like none of this gear is mine i borrowed it and i'm like and i think about it now and i'm like why the hell did i do that like, <laughs> I, I just had no clue what i was doing yeah yeah the first day when i i don't know if i auditioned for that band but they <laughs> danny the singer asked me what kind of music i listened to and i just listened to them play stuff and it was very clear that they were you know danny and their other guitar player Corden, very very uh, talented guitar players. And so I was like, in a second, for some dumb reason, I was like, what's going to be cool? And I, I said, oh, me? Oh, I, I mostly listen to the blues. <laughs> <laughs> and Danny still makes fun of me to this day. He's like, do you remember when he told me to listen? I was like, I do not listen to the blues at all. I'm so sorry. I was just trying to be cool. And I don't know why I thought that would be cool. It would be cool if it was like late 1970s and the Blues Brothers... <laughs> <laughs> We're still on SNL or something. Yeah. He, he, he should have been like, name two blues artists. <laughs> name one song. Name one song. <laughs> Train tracks. Shit. Oh, yeah. man. So you guys have been playing together for a while now, huh? Yeah, a long time. Yeah. So what what kind of other bands have you been in leading up to Mall Walker? That's how, now, that's how you got on my radar, and I, I want to get there. But what's some of the other stuff you've been involved with over the years? So, you know, we've been doing Easy Prayer for the last seven years, um, and it's gone through a few iterations, uh, but we've been in the same lineup for, what, five, six years almost? Mm -hmm. 
And then uh, before we did uh, Easy Prey, I was in a, a, a rock and roll punk rock band called uh, United Snakes. And it was mostly just a Riverboat Gamblers ripoff. We sh- our practice space also shared a wall with them, which is sort of how I ended up. So I also play guitar occasionally with the Riverboat Gamblers. And uh, they're, they're up Austin, Texas, Denton, Texas band. And um, <clears throat> we're, we leave Saturday morning for punk rock bowling in Vegas. So it's just, it ends up being funny that I was just ripping them off. And then I was like, oh, I'll just, yeah, I'll just play your song instead. That's, that's a better idea. <laughs> um, I, I also once tried out for Riverboat Gamblers and I did. didn't learn any of the songs before going yeah, in. That's... And then I showed up and then I didn't know the songs because I hadn't, you know, I hadn't learned any of the songs. And then they were like, no. And I was like, that makes sense. <laughs> that's a good, that's a really good call. <laughs> I, I didn't really want to be in the band, but they were going on the warp on warp tour. And I was like, that sounds sick. Like I like parking I, lots. Sure. Sign me up. <laughs> I love that. Like you just don't learn the song. Did you think it was just going to work out somehow? Maybe or like kind of like, I mean, I knew like I'd listened to them and then like, I remember like I didn't have a drum set at the house. And I remember like I was watching like the Olympics or something. And I was like, had them in my headphones. And I was just like trying to like drum along to, on pillows. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll probably, I'll, I'll were, get you, it. were you really just drumming along to like the, the Beijing opening ceremonies? <laughs> like all the drums? <laughs> you, you show up and they're like, yeah, this is fucking weird. They're like, uh, yeah, no. dude. Um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you guys got on my radar because my boy Corey Brim from Glassing posted about you. And I was like, well, Corey posted it, so let me see what this is all about. And Tommy and I were instantly blown away by this EP. It's that perfect blend of Midwestern-sounding emo meets hot water music-infused, the guttural vocal type thing. And you guys ever hear, um, you know, it reminded me a lot of, uh, you ever hear of that band Castavet from Chicago? Yeah, Castavet's oh, yeah. awesome. I absolutely love that band. And it reminded me of that. And I was like, yes, yes, here we go. And it's, you know, I was just instantly grabbed by the EP. So tell us about how that came together. You're in Easy Prey for a while. It's a heavier band. How do we decide to do this project? Um, I feel like we were just doing like easy price stuff, right? Like we were just doing easy price stuff. And there was, there was like just some time where I feel like maybe Chris couldn't be there. So I, I guess what happened is um, uh, our uh, Doug, our bass player in easy prey, who we, who was Doug, who, who we love. That's to death, right. Um, his, uh, his mother passed away um, a few years ago and uh, his elderly father really kind of needed some help. Uh, packing up the house and all that. So Doug was gone for, I don't know, two months. And I, I, you know, I, I, I am one of the, probably like the, the primary songwriter for easy prey, but we really don't like to write when we're not all together because ev- everyone has better ideas than me. And so I just get to throw shit at them and then they kind of fix it for me. So we didn't really want to write easy prey. Um, and at the same time I had been going through a very long and dumb, I'm not going to explain it, but, uh, some health issues. So I had to be on these nerve blockers and I was terrified that I was going to forget how to like, like not be able to feel fretboards, which I don't know why that, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, so I <clears throat> learned, I like Googled emo tunings <laughs> <laughs> and I just found some open tunings and I started fucking around and I ended up had, had written a bunch of stuff. And one night we happened to be at our practice base and I yeah, said, like, well, you, I've got a thing. He like literally just like 
pulled his guitar out and like did this thing. It's like riff. And I was like, well, there's the, there's the thing that I've been wanting to do <laughs> since I was a child, you know, like it's that moment where you're like, where the fuck was that for the past, you know, 15 years? Yeah, like that's, that's on me. I'm really sorry. It's fine. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like that moment where you're like, like what And my brain kind of exploded and it, we immediately started writing and then it, and then we were like, here's three songs. Nope. Scrap them all. Here's three more. Nope. We're almost there. Scrap them. Here's three more. And then when we started like really like leaning into it, I feel like was the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. Probably. Right? It was a, it was a really time, right? good way. I mean, you know, I, I got furloughed and was basically unemployed for five months and, um, and like I laid myself off essentially from yeah. like food and beverage stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I got a couple of restaurants and I was like, well, so all of a sudden we had time to do this stuff that we've been saying we're going to do for, yeah. you know, so long. And we started taking it really seriously. And it's, it's really fun. We wrote it. We, so we wrote that record at the exact same time as we wrote the new easy prayer record, which we go into record next month. And so all of a sudden we didn't have to write happy stuff for easy prey or any, any sort of uh, pop metric was taken out of the system. Cause we were like, well, we can just do it in the other thing. And so we ended up with like a, a really fun record that was enjoyable. And then also this really mean, angry record that we haven't made yet, but um, it, right. was a, it was a really helpful um, system for us. The EP is great. Mall Walker folks. If you haven't heard it yet, check it out. It's out there. There, there there's another mall Walker don't get confused with them. We want Mall Walker, Texas, and it's a self-titled debut EP. It's really good. And so what what other plans do you have for the band? Is it going to become a more of a full-time thing? What do you got in store? I mean, we were supposed to put together a show not too long ago. Even like I texted Chris Simpson to see if he wanted to do a mineral thing. And, you know, they, the, their band is kind of all over the place right now. Yeah. But we were trying to sort it out and... Just, our, our schedules are tough right now. Yeah. Um, and then it, it's funny that you mentioned Corey, because uh, Corey's been coming to Mulwalker practice. He's been kind of jumping in. Yes, I, I heard. I heard from him. I didn't know if it was going to be announced yet. So now that you guys have said it, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Corey's a bud. You know, we love glassing. Uh, you know, Easy Prey plays glassing all the time. And it's funny, um, Corey, Corey has said to me on multiple occasions, he's like, hey, do you ever want to play emo? Let me know. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, shit, I kind of want to play emo. Should I let him know? <laughs> I think that, you know, um, the first step is just to figure out how to write a couple more songs to play a set. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first go we, of it. We write really quick. Um, because we really, really enjoy doing it, but, um, doing two records at the exact same time is kind of brutal. So we just said, okay, uh, you know, mid October, we're recording easy free record. We're going to not do anything until that's done. And then we're going to do a ton of Mo Walker. And I would, I would honestly say that like, you know, with the easy Prey stuff, the way that we write, we like just jam out a bunch of stuff and we mm-hmm. record it on our phones and we just kind of keep moving. And we tried to do that with mall Walker stuff. And I feel like, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but like the way I see it is like, we kind of get through a bunch of 
really cool parts and we form them, we go back, we listen, we listen again, and we realize that we're not quite there. It just seems to me like the polish on the stuff that we're doing for mall Walker is just, it, it's, it's a, a bit more elevated. It yeah. Needs, it has it to needs, be a little tighter. Yeah. It better. needs more attention. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even when we think we've got, you know, six songs, we might actually have like four Yeah, and uh, versus easy prey where you're like, all right, we've got those riffs and we're, we're going to build, make sure that, you know, they're done. We're going to build around them and then push forward. Mall Walker seems to need a little bit more like, finish on, yeah, for on sure. stuff before we record that makes sense and you want to push it to as many drafts so to speak as you can because i do that i'll record riffs into my phone and i'm like wow i have like eight really good songs and then i listen to them the next day and i'm like oh i have zero really good songs <laughs> yeah, <that sounds laughs> let's keep life. writing super familiar <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so mall walker how, how has the response been now that the mall walker ep is out there uh have any other podcasts been beating down the door besides us do so many like you're just you know we're just getting them left and right yeah, you Ro- know? Ro- rogan keeps calling oh uh, rogan but yeah. i don't know what that is i'm, a, so. yeah, I'm a big anti-rogan guy but yeah <laughs> anyway um yeah so i don't know i think like the response has been like from our homies has been like super, the best super positive yeah i mean it's tough you know uh, mall walker has not played a show Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, m- m- most of that initial response, I mean, I can't imagine putting a record out without playing a show. Never, we, but never, we have done is, it. We did it. This yeah, is the only that's time what's happened. So yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's weird. I, I did it before, too, because I, I p- recorded a record and put it out, but then the band broke up. So it was just kind of like, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a product of the, you know, the pandemic. Yeah, uh, and I'll also well. say also say this. A part of the fun for Mall Walker, for me, is that I get to buy all brand new gear. Because <laughs> I'm, in, I'm fucking insane. He comes to practice with, like, three new, like, pedals. He goes, okay, so I've got this pedal, and I just bust out into laughter, essentially every time. <laughs> um, so uh, when we decided we were going to do this, I went out and got a, a pair of Telecasters. Uh, because a long time ago, uh, not a long time ago, years ago, uh, Easy Prey played a show with American Football in Austin and um oh, and small brown bike which oh, was like both, so, like so fucking good. it was a big one for me for sure um and I yeah. stood there and watched American football sound check and it was just the dumbest most amazing thing I've ever because it was like a dude just being like hey is my guitar on and then and you're like oh it's perfect yeah that's this that's it um that's perfect so um uh, also telecasters look cool so easy prey now another excellent band I was listening to Relentless Struggle today. This is right up my alley. Really noisy, hardcore, groovy. Think uh, Dead Guy. Think Breather Resist. Think All Else Failed. It's just, it's just another home run. I love it. So let's talk about this band. We've been together for a while now, yes? Yeah, for sure. So what are some of your influences? Let's see how on point I am. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're dead on, um, especially that Dead Guy. Um, you know, uh, through the pandemic, Chris and Tim Singer have, have become kind of uh, internet buds. And uh, Tim came down to Austin uh, for not not for us. Or t- give me, I don't even know if he. It was just for us. Yeah, it was not. Um, and Tim came to a Easy Prey practice, um, which was really cool because you know it's the, it's the dead guy guy. That's that's <laughs> insane. Yeah. Um, but um, he's a you know dead guy's a did you know and and now the bitter branches stuff, which is just awesome is a huge vocal influence influence for Chris, for sure. Um, you know, Maddie and I 
the the brand of hardcore that we love is you know the Snapcase, you know the especially that like kind of percussive riff style. For me, um, it's like these arms are snakes. Yeah. Like I totally, I find myself in that zone more often than not. Yeah, for sure. Yes, that's another big one. Yes, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I mean, like. Uh, there's a lot of bands that do it. I, 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 I pull a lot from like sludgy and doomy stuff. Sometimes I don't think we, we, I don't think we necessarily play that kind of music, but like those are the breakdowns I like is the slow breakdowns, like not necessarily mosh parts, but just like fucking groove shit, which I get a lot from Pantera, but you know, like uh, (laughs) a fucking, you know, I can, I can easily say I get it from bong ripper and it works. the same way. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But I think it's like, it's important to like, so like for me, I don't listen. I listen to like, you don't yeah. listen to heavy music. I don't. I listen to a lot of country. Uh, I listen to a lot, like just, you know, coming out of West Fort Worth, I hated country being, you know, as a kid. And I, I think that we all kind of have, it's like the, what the classic, like hardcore kid trope is like, you just end up in like some sort of country band doing like, or in a hockey like, shitty Lucero yeah. versions. You got either songs. hockey or you got country. Yeah. And like, so, and you're doing hockey. I'm doing and, hockey. And, yeah. But you're, you know, you're, yeah, that's a, that's your wife. That's, that's yeah. My, my wife's from, um, well, it was raised in Wisconsin and uh, went to university of Wisconsin or whatever is in Madison and uh, loves hockey and got me into hockey. So now you're an ice guy. Yeah. I'm an ice guy. Um, and so then, yeah, I don't know. I, I listen to a lot of like country shit. And then I also just, um, I listen to a lot of old reggae and dub. And then uh, when we go to practice, you know, I, I try to like the things that get me stoked are like um, Cal and Walt city yeah. and, uh, things like that nowadays that like really are, are super interesting and fun and cool. And uh, it's just, it has to be, I don't know if like when I say this, like, like maybe you guys can kind of relate, but there's like this, there's some register of vocal that does it for me. And then like, if you go too high or too low, it doesn't really hit. And then like, if you're doing things that are too like grindy or fast, it doesn't really do it. Or if it's too slow, it doesn't quite do it. There's just a very specific thing in aggressive or like hardcore or post hardcore music that like works for me. So I, I kind of land in that area and um, yeah, that's, and then like you and Chris, I feel like y'all span all kinds of stuff. Like I, you know, Dillinger, Coalesce, you know, you know, Converge, Converge all those, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes. Yes. We must be on the same wavelength. I know what you're talking about for the right register. You know, if the vocals are too deep, cookie monster sounding it turns me off if they're too shrieky it turns me off but everything that easy prey is doing is right in the pocket and i love it that's great that's 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 the one i live in when i listen to that sort of music so that's that's great to hear yeah with with heavy music for me nowadays i think there is kind of like that goldilocks zone of like it kind of checks all the boxes and it doesn't go too far in one extreme um i will say i still listen to a, a lot of death metal yeah, like a, no. lot. like a lot. I've, I've listened to you guys, and I, I know you. I know you do the death metal, and I and I hear I hear that, and I totally dig it. It's just like for me, I like I've I've kind of narrowed down my my love of of aggressive music to a pretty specific yeah. zone at this point mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah, yeah, same here. So easy prey. You've been around for a while. How much touring have you done? How how much of the country have you seen? I'm surprised I haven't heard of you till now. Zero percent of the country. I I have a I have a five year old. So uh, touring is is harder for me. I'm probably the only one who's really 
a pain in the ass. No, totally not, dude. I have yeah. like we. I, I Matt co- has multiple businesses. Yeah, like, I'm a co-owner of businesses. It's, it's harder just, for it's, us. It's hard. The the main issue, honestly, is we've never really had anything to tour on until the pandemic hit. Um, you know, we put out a record called Teeth, which to me isn't really a record. It's a four song EP with four songs that shouldn't be on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but. I've never heard you say that. I love that. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it, was, uh, it was what we had to do at the time. You, you have to put something out. Um, so we, you know, we had, we had switched um, some members. We'd sw- we had a different singer uh, initially, and we got a new singer halfway through that process. So it was really hard to write any sort of coherent record. We wrote Rel- Relentless Struggle, and we were very proud of it. But then a pandemic, I mean, the record came out after the pandemic, Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, like we we ju- we've played two shows since that record came out uh, eighteen months ago. Yeah. Um, so you know, we we fully expect that that's that the touring situation is going to change for us uh, once we have something to, to to support. But it's really, I think it's it's really if you're not supporting a record, you're just on vacation with your friends. And while that's fun, you know, for us with families and work stuff, you know, we really have to make it um, make it count. And so we really need to have something to push. For sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So, Cole, you're married. You've got a five-year-old. I do. Matt, do you have a family as well? Uh, I've got a wife, and we've got two dogs that are making a shitload of noise outside right now. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's okay. You know, we can't silence the dogs. It would be wrong. I mean, you could, but you I can, think I'd get some, I think someone would get called. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's not okay. <laughs> Yeah, and Matt, sure. you own two businesses as well? We own like, I think it's, we're at seven or so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's Matt's talk the, about this. Matt's um, the busiest dude I know. No, it's not true. Um, I don't, I'm, I retired years ago. Nope. That's no. not true at all. Um, yeah, I work, I, we've got a restaurant uh, called Better Half and a brewery next door called Holdout. And then we've got a couple of bars with uh, Better uh, Brew and Brew and Little Brother Um and then we've got like a little food truck outside a little brother called Bummer Burrito. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We just like try to, we try to, you know, have a good time and put out good product and make, make a place for, I don't know, the people are stoked to go to work and, and try to take care of our crew. So and- <laughs> the one you, the one you didn't mention is my favorite. So um, a while back, Maddie started doing um, Bad Lurger. No, one more time. Bad Lurger. Yeah, like it. <laughs> we can change. Bad Larry Burger Club. And it was just like him and some buds um, making burgers at the house. Just, just me and, and them trying. Sometimes I'd talk my wife into helping. <laughs> <laughs> and um, now they've been doing burger pop ups. And the, our first show back from COVID was we we played at one of them. And I've never seen that many people freaking out about burgers. Yeah, they're very excited. And it's somehow like the most important thing you're doing. <laughs> and it's, I'm really not understanding it at all, but it's very imp- impressive. Also not a business, just an Instagram account that somehow sometimes has burgers. Yeah. 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 That's been interesting. Uh, we've been able to like, I'm just using it to like kind of help prop up Little Brother, which is a bar that we have um, downtown. And it's like a 360 square foot bar. And do you uh, want to change the name of it to Bad Lurker? I will. Okay. Yeah, that sounds great. Because I think that'd be cool. Yeah, sound, I, yeah. copyright. No. Actually, and you could serve the burgers at the bar. This mm-hmm. is a this is a podcast of ideas. We're always throwing ideas do, around. Do you, want, do you want to tell them my great idea about the microwave? Yeah, go for it. So I had a great idea for Matt's bar. <clears throat> All right, right. But no, you, but you, you need tables. Anyways, it's a, maybe, maybe it's like a great idea for Outback Steakhouse. But uh, uh, instead of table-side guacamole, right, table-side microwavable popcorn. Of course. And they wheel out a cart with a microwave 
And they pop the popcorn at your table. Extension cord that goes all the way back to the yeah, kitchen. All the way back yeah, to the kitchen. Smart. Yeah. I like it. Um, I'm just saying it's a good idea. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Hey, listen, I love fresh popped popcorn. So Who doesn't? If that was a thing, I, I think I'd be into it. I'm not going to lie. The um, logistics might be tough, but yeah, <laughs> I like I like the idea. <laughs> it's like a singer jumping through the crowd with his like extended fucking mic cable. It's the same situation. You have all, the, all the dudes in yeah, black, you're with just, the everyone's holding the cable heads. up. Yeah, it's <laughs> solid. Um, but yeah, we do. We we've been doing these burger things, and then we've been able to throw like metal shows, um, kind of like floor shows. Uh, and it, uh, like, there's this this stretch of Austin called Rainy Street that's just garbage. It's a bunch of like Chadleys and McCadleys and whatever kind of running up and down the street. And we, we like to call our business model capture the Chad where we're the only people that are like, not a, like a bro bar or like a bachelor or bachelorette bar. So we like, you know, they, they have shirts that say the best bar on the worst street. Yeah. Yeah. Like we just like, solid, <laughs> solid model. yeah. Like, so we, we've been doing that and you know, we're like, we just play the music we want to play and we just kind of do what we want and people just inadvertently like wander in and, they buy shots and we make money off of it. But we've also been able to do shows on Monday nights. So like every couple Mondays we'll do like, I don't know, we had a uh, good eye play and we have this band, uh, rickshaw Billy's burger patrol. Amazing. Awesome. Kind of like riff, awesome dudes, like riffy. Um, like I feel like kind of like a like classic a, Rocky, but uh, like heavy. It's like a red fang that would play at your house. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Super cool. All dudes that are super into hardcore and like, get it, you know, and they like put on an incredible show. And, um, so it's been really fun, like to be a part of like the, like, I guess the rebirth of shows after we've yeah. been in lockdown, mm-hmm. we've been able to like do that in like a very like renegade way, you know, and we've, we've kind of gotten sponsors, uh, from, you know, liquor companies and beer companies to swipe, to like help promote it. But like a couple, you know, our, our fine is $500 if we get fined you know, for having the the show where we're not supposed to have it. And like, we have a, a, a company that'll swipe for 500 on the beverages. <laughs> so we're just like, well, shit, if we get fined, we're, we're square, yeah. you know, like it's, yeah. so we, we've yeah. been trying to, trying to, trying to do that. And I'll, and, I'll uh, say this. I think that, uh, I don't know if it's, it's not exactly what you're talking about, but I, I think one of the, there's been a lot of interesting side effects of the pandemic and a lot of it in music. And uh, Austin has put out, some pretty amazing bands. I mean, there were, you know, there were alive pre pandemic for sure, but that have all kind of come together on stuff. Yeah. Um, it's been really, really cool seeing it. Um, you know, it's a bunch of buds, uh, a bunch of dudes. I don't know, just dudes that are putting interesting shit out. And you know, we did a, during the uh, Milwaukee stuff, um, we got a bunch of bands together who like everybody put in like a ton of merch and we raffled it off. And I like, it's just, everyone's, you know, it, Good bands come together for shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that sounds good. And is it, uh, how is it down there now? Is thing, are things opening back up a little more? Texas is one of those states where they don't really require masks or t- too many restrictions, right? Things have been open for months. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're full on. Things didn't close. I mean, yeah. I mean, there are they definitely did. places that didn't, but um, for the most part, yeah. Like it's been, especially with the restaurant situation, it's been really trying. You know, we have a state. Uh, government that won't let the city mandate anything that will keep like our staff safe or allow us to like make decisions that are but, best for yeah, our businesses. But, so. but good news, everyone gets guns now. 
Yeah, no, everyone has a everyone. You, you can just no have mask. A gun. Don't walk around with a mask. You can just have a gun. That gun is fine. Yeah, just walk around with it. You'll likely get COVID, but if you see the virus coming towards you, you can shoot, shoot it. it. Yeah, hundred percent. Shoot it out of the sky. Yeah, and if you see a mask, you can shoot that too. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. Uh, let's recap, gentlemen. Let's recap. So. <laughs> We've got Mall Walker. We've got the EP out there. We want to listen to that. Yes. Yes, please listen to that. Listen I'd to that. I'd really love want. it if you did. Mm-hmm. And, That'd and, be and, rad. And when, and when you do, I hope it makes you feel a certain way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, one day we'll have merch. The Mall Walker EP was the feel-good hit of the summer for us. It was the, it was the perfect summer record. I loved oh, it. Like I, that was the first thing I sent to Keith was like, he wrote like, Hey, you want to listen to this? And I was like, okay. And I wrote back and I was like, it sounds like Castavet put out a new record. And he's like, yeah, it's fucking amazing. Right. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <That's awesome." laughs> is there any physical releases or shirts or anything that people can buy to support you? We'll I have, mean, sh- not yet. We'll have shirts. Yeah. Um, our buddy Keith Davis young does the, the, the graphics on it. And we've got shirts coming um, at some point. I think we're just going to hold off until we're, we're doing shows, you know, like, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, you know, we had, we had talked about doing a vinyl release ourselves. You know, it, we, we felt that it was irresponsible to ask a label to put out a record for a band that hadn't played a live show. Yeah. Um, which I think is a fair, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to try to push that on anybody cause that seems insane. Except for I like send it to a lot of people. Yeah. Send it to a lot of people. <laughs> um, but so we had talked about doing it ourselves, but you know, we've all just been uncomfortably busy. So we said, let's play a show, and we haven't, but we are absolutely going to do that soon. That's exciting. I hope I get to catch you at some point. And then uh, we've got Easy Prey. We've got Relentless Struggle out, yes. We've got a new album that we're recording, yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When can Uh, we expect that? uh, So we we, uh, have hooked up with Hell Minded Records out of, is it New Jersey or Philadelphia? believe it's Jersey. Okay. Um, and, uh, he's been super fucking cool. And so we're doing a, a full length with him. Uh, I think mid 22 is the idea. Um, we're recording in a few weeks. Nice. So we look forward to that as well. So what else is there? Is there any other projects going on or different things going on that we didn't cover that we want to cover here in the end? I mean, honestly, I feel like that was a lot. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say this just because I have a chance to plug it. Um, there's a band from San Antonio called the grasshopper lies heavy. Oh uh, they put out the record of the year a few weeks ago. Uh, I suggest anyone who has a second go listen to it. Yeah. 100% seriously. And then we've got a band in town um, called exhalants oh. that if you haven't listened to exhalants yet, I mean, honestly, I'd have them on if I were y'all. It's, yeah, it's, it's going to hit you guys directly in the pocket you're talking about. It hurts. It hurts. It's so good. Incredible. It's one of those, it's, and, and honestly, same with that Grasshopper record, but yeah, it's one of those sure. times where a band you've played with with a bunch of times puts a new record out and you go, these guys are from our town? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, you're simultaneously like jealous totally and, like, yeah, and like stoked. In the, yeah. in the right way. Yeah, yeah. sure. I like the sound of that. You see, my favorite thing is when I'm editing the episode, all the bands that the band mentions, I go through YouTube and listen to them all, and I, I discover tons of new bands that way. And the, see, the Austin connection is real. This, uh, this Will Destroy You posted about glassing. That's how I found them. Corey yeah. from Glassing posted about you. That's how I found you. The, the cycle continues. And Chris King is a good friend of mine from This Will Destroy You. He's a good bud. Oh, nice. Good fam. We're all fam here. <laughs> yeah. Austin's a small town. Yeah. 
the Philadelphia to Austin pipeline is real. There's yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. back and forth. We have friends that move down there and vice versa. When I was living in Philadelphia, people were always talking about moving there. It seems like the same vibe in that it's a small town city. Like everyone kind of knows each other. You're bound to bump into somebody you know. For sure. The one thing we need that you guys have uh, is a sandwich culture. We just do not have that here. Oh, my God. Listen, you cannot get sandwiches anywhere, like in Philadelphia, even in New York City. Like the hoagies and the cheesesteaks and everything going on in Philly, there's absolutely nothing like it in the rest of the country. I'm fully aware, man. I totally hear you. (laughs) We do not have that here. So uh, going back the other way, can you give us a band that we should listen to because you've heard our band? Uh, let's see. Let, let's think about this, Tommy. Have you guys heard All Else Failed? Yes. I don't know if I, I don't know if I, I don't know. could pick anything I don't out. think I have. Okay. Okay. Totally I is. always recommend them. They're, they're in the noisy, chaotic, hardcore awesome. vibe. You know, they're, they're one of their best records, This Never Happened, just popped up on Spotify recently. So I highly recommend that. I think you'll love it. What else, Tommy? What else do we like lately? You guys into hip hop or no? <laughs> Totally. Yeah, actually. Uh, OT the real. I don't okay. know. I don't know what that is. Okay, I'm in. It, it's literally the letters OT and the real. There are a half dozen tracks off the top of my head that are just bangers. Absolutely. And he's a he's a kid from I think he came from Framingham, Mass, but he moved down here when he was like 15 or 16, and uh, he's kind of like uh, a mixture between of like the the smartness of gangstar and kind of most def like where it's really culturally based and then also kind of a mixture of that like kind of gangster like guns and drug stuff cool so, yeah that sounds yeah. awesome yeah he's really good he's, he's really, really drugs good. are fantastic so <laughs> yeah, I'm super oh you're speaking to the choir here <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I love them so much i can never do them again yeah, yeah. Cool. I hear that. Oh, I hear we don't that. really do them either we no. just think they're cool <laughs> <laughs> well guys it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you we really love the music that you're putting out and i hope we get to meet and uh, see the bands one day yeah absolutely and, uh, we just wanted to say thank you for coming on the show yeah thank yeah. you guys for having us this has been rad it's awesome and if you're ever down here just please hit us up yeah absolutely. We'll, buy, we'll buy you a terrible sandwich <laughs> <laughs> i'm into it There you have it, folks. Mall Walker. Excellent band. Excellent conversation. It was really nice talking to Cole and Matt. That was fun. That was a good conversation. And I love, Tommy, you know this, you feel this. I love when we discover new music and it really hits home. And, you know, we get to contact the band and they come on the show. Easy Prey is another band they're involved with, which I wasn't even aware of. And that band is excellent, too. What are the chances? Two excellent bands. I think that's my thing is like that conversation, like what really stuck out to me. And this is uh, something that like, I I guess I don't really understand very well is the geography of Texas is so fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. When they were talking about like, we would go to shows here. It's like an eight hour drive. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) You forget how massive it is. It's fucking huge. It's like when someone says like, yeah, uh, you know, I'm in California. Where are you? San Francisco. Oh, I'm in LA. Okay. Well, it's only like a, what? 10 hour drive. (laughs) (laughs) It's like fucking across the country. It's like literally from the top of the country to the bottom. It's fucking insane how wide that state is. And it's like, I think the other thing is 
whether you grew up in Texas or Oklahoma or Alaska or Bangor, Maine, the things that we all have in common of like, you know, how we got started skateboarding, Jinko jeans, no effects, <laughs> like all those things are like, it's just like, you know, like you're going to be in a punk rock. Here's your issued, uh, no effects t-shirt, Jinkos and Vans. Good luck. Yeah. If it was early to mid nineties, that's what you did. I love hearing those similarities. And I liked, uh, I liked that he said he just Googled emo tunings and that's how he came up with these incredible songs. I'm, I'm going to do that too. I'm going to do the same thing and I'm going to try the tunings and see what I come up with. It's there's a bunch of them out there. There's a really cool uh, channel on YouTube. I forget the name of it off the top of my head, but if you just uh, go on YouTube and type in "open tunings," the it's one of the first couple videos. It's a guy with like medium length hair. Uh, he just does a really great job of like the opening is him like actually saying like this is what the tuning is, and he goes through each note and like hits it a couple times so you can actually tune while he's doing it, and then you can literally follow along like like lick for lick with everything and like he'll show you like here's the basic shapes you can use and just kind of mess around with stuff after that it's really fun yeah i gotta get into that i want to get into some more guitar playing and you know we want to thank cole and matt again for coming on the show i love easy prey i love mall walker and i'm looking forward to hearing more from both hopefully we'll get to catch them live eventually someday too i would love that i they, yeah. they seem like they have such a great energy they have like um well we said it on the show but like the, the that kind of cast of that hot water music kind of feel i love yeah. the i love the energy of those bands when i see bands like that live when i said you guys are doing exactly what i want to do you have a heavy band and an emo band that's what i want to do they were like come on down i was like i should move down there <laughs> but what if i move down there and then i want to start a band with them and they're like uh we don't really have time uh no. then i feel the, stupid do you remember the part where we said we were already in two bands <laughs> <laughs> you want to start two more bands <laughs> i'm like i'm unsure we don't have time for you <laughs> and there's no more room for you oh. and i think it was cole cole runs like seven businesses or something like that so it's like uh i think this is kind of the least of his worries well tommy are you ready for more furnace fest recap a hundred percent all right so there's a couple bands left that i didn't talk about tommy and i'm gonna talk about them now day three i was worn out i had to spend a lot of time sitting down because I haven't spent three days on my feet ever, ever. And three days is, is, is I you know, usually when we go to This Is Hardcore, we go one day for, what, five hours? Yeah, like, the, uh, yeah, five to six hours tops. Yeah, so this was three days, all these bands. And I, I talked about most of the bands I saw already. There's a couple more at the end of day three that I didn't talk about. I did double duty and knocked loose played the same time as Juliana Theory. So I watched the beginning of Juliana Theory. They were great. They look good. They sound good. I hadn't seen them in a very, very long time, so that was cool. I ran over. I caught a couple songs of Knocked Loose. I've never seen them. They sounded massive. The place was so packed by then, Tommy, you could barely get in, even through the artist entrance. And apparently there was some kind of fight with the police during the Knocked Loose set. I don't know what happened. I think the set got cut short because cops were fighting with people or something like that. I don't know what was going on. I saw a little bit of talk about it on Twitter, but that's unfortunate. And then I ran back and caught the end of the Juliana Theory set, and that was really good. You know, I got to see that Watch Your Mouth song. You know that one? Oh, yeah. I'm glad you said yes, because if you were like, no, I don't know that I was going to freak out. (laughs) (laughs) I know bits and pieces, like everything, like not everything, but there's a lot of stuff I just, I I don't remember really well, because 
I just haven't listened to it in years. Like I, I, I stay with the things I know and I, I don't deviate from that a lot unless it's something new that like you throw at me and I'm like, Oh, this is really good. Get up kids, Tommy. I saw them for the first time and I was like right at the foot of the stage and the set was just all bangers, all bangers, four minute miles, something to write home about the single from on a wire, some newer stuff. Uh, They played some really old stuff from the first EP. They did play red letter day. It was great. They sounded great. It was awesome. Nice. Really happy. I got to see them and I was so close, Tommy. I was right at the foot of the stage looking up at them. How did you get that? Like, did you just get there early? Artist pass, baby. Oh, okay. I can just walk right in and do whatever I want. You see, Tommy, I'm an artist. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. And finally, uh, after the Get Up Kids, I ran over to catch the end of Kill Switch Engage. And, oh, my God, I like the band, but seeing... I only caught the last two songs, but seeing those songs did something to me. I knew this was going to happen. I knew I was going to complain while I was at the fest, and then I knew when it was coming to an end I was going to be really sad. And that's exactly what happened, Tommy. They played The End of Heartache, which I actually hadn't heard that before because I missed some of the middle albums. You know, I listened to the first two and then I think the last two. I just missed a lot of the ones in the middle. And I, I've been so hooked on that song, Tommy. I even sent it to you. You did send it. I was going to say, you sent it to me, and I was like, they sound, first of all, that sound fucking was amazing. Everything that song was- is heart-wrenching. I, I was thinking about doing our sad YouTube comments for that, but <laughs> the song is so emotional, and the comments are so brutal, I, re- I really don't think we could do it. Like, I wouldn't Ugh. make it one comment in. Ugh. Yeah, take a look. but the song is incredible and then they played in due time to close out the set and just the lights and you know everybody was having such a good time and moshing in like a fun way and just really into it and i was looking up in the sky and the lights hitting the sky and just taking one look one last look around at everything and it was uh it was very emotional tommy it was very emotional so you know we had a nice crew there there was uh Vadim and his friend Elise, who I met for the first time down there, we were hanging out the whole time, and I mentioned that I met some of the people we spoke to, and, you know, I got to see some other friends, and it was just, all in all, really good time. I was sad when it was done, and that many good bands in one weekend is unbelievable, and I, it was fun, and I'm glad I went. That's like a once-in-a-lifetime type thing. It really is. Because if, if I go again, it won't be the same. You know, because no, of course not. This was like the first time in nineteen years. Yeah, I was going to say 20. that I've been there, and it was so weird when I got there. Like all these memories came flooding back that I had completely forgotten about, and I was like, "Oh my god, I remember this and I remember that." So I guess that really happens when you're somewhere that you haven't been in a long time. All these memories come back. I wonder if that happens with other things. Like if you walk to your grade school. Like, I wonder if you would have that same type of experience. Like, your brain would just start flying through all the things that you remember, like the way the hallway smelled and, like, what the classrooms looked like. And It would. I'm sure it would. So there you have it, Tommy. Furnace Fest. What do you think? Are you are you sad you didn't go now? Um, You're not. I'm you not. You don't even just... listen to music. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I listen to music. I just, I don't, um... You didn't. You didn't know one band that I talked about. I mean, I knew. I know. I know who they are. I just. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time. It's I fun. Just, I didn't know. Like, yeah. 
I like Appleseed cast. <laughs> like I Apple honestly Seed. don't even know if they played. I just, yeah. I, I don't even, because a lot of bands cancel. Andrew WK canceled. He was supposed to play. Uh-huh. A lot of bands dropped off. Poison the Well couldn't play. Vadim was supposed to be performing with them, so they couldn't play. It's, you know, I was, the the schedule shifted a lot. So that's it. It was it was a great weekend. I I have nothing else to say about it. That sounds great, man. Uh, I'm yeah. glad. I I just you know like my thing is like I'm glad I didn't even try to plan to go in terms of like it, I didn't know what was going to happen. This there was there would be no way I would be even if I was like oh I have tickets and I have my plane and I'm going to go and everything's going to be great and then it's like. And then life happened, and it's like I wouldn't have been able to go anyway with everything. Oh, right, with everything because, that was yeah. going on with my family. So, shoot, I didn't even think about that. But it was good. The hotel was nice. I got to fly down. I flew back. I, I'm glad I took an extra day off because my head was spinning. Tommy, I was running from stage to stage to make sure I could capture a little bit of every band for social media, and I ugh, there was just like so much social media and so much interaction. My head was spinning. I was on fire. I felt like a ravenous addict. It was crazy. That's a good thing, though. Like, because, I mean, that's a good thing to be obsessed with in terms of, like, you know, for the show and everything like that. It's, a, you know, it's exposure. It's, you know, you're hashtagging all those things. People that necessarily don't know the show are like, oh, I want to see stuff from Furnace Fest, or I want to see Kill Switch, or I want to see Mineral. And, you know, now they're looking at it, and they're like, oh, what is this? And then... Exactly. You know. And, folks, I have made some new connections. There will be some exciting new guests there will be some guests who played the fest. There will be much more Furnace Fest discussion coming, so hang tight. It's going to be good. Love it. Folks, this is the part of the show where I ask you for the things we need, and I'm going to keep doing it until we get it. All right, here we go. Follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter, The N.E. Scene. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. We haven't gotten a new review in a minute, and we need more. If you like the show, leave a review. We'll read it on the air. It's fun for us to read, and it's fun for you to listen to. I mean, come on. Spotify playlist. We do a Spotify playlist every year that has music we like and all of our guests, as long as they're on Spotify. So check that out. Search The Northeast Scene 2021 and follow the playlist. There's a lot of good stuff on it. A lot of good stuff, including... Huh? Huh? Mall Walker and Easy <laughs> Prey. Yes. All right. And follow us on YouTube. Like the videos. Subscribe. Please subscribe. Leave comments if you like it. All this stuff helps. It goes a long way. And of course, you can always email us at northeastscene at gmail.com and tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us who you want to see on the show. You know, all that stuff. Give it to us. You can say whatever you want in email because that doesn't affect our ratings or the uh, the algorithm or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Reach out to us. We're here. We listen to you. Lambast us. Yeah. I listen. <laughs> I read everything. I, I try to respond to everything. You know, we take everything into consideration. Your feedback is important, too. So give it to us. I think that's it. I think that's everybody. That's everything. That's all it is. That's all she wrote. Tommy. I'm going to do something unprecedented right now. Yes. I'm going to talk about what's happening on next week's show. There will be a panel discussion about Furnace Fest with two special guests. Are you ready for that? Well, I wasn't there, so I mean, I'm going to have to kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you know, I can always jump in when I'm there and I can 
figure out something to ask or, you know, we'll figure out where the conversation goes and I'll, I'll kind of worm my way in. Of course, you add the unique Tommy Spice. <laughs> That's why you're here. And it's apparently the new the new flavor of spice is not knowing bands. Is <laughs> ignorance of everything we should be knowing. That's your new shtick. Like you just you just, just don't know anything. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks everybody for listening, and until next time. Yay!